Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of the Sports Ball Politics Podcast on January 17th, year of our Lord, 2018. And this is Ross. And I'm joined by my co-host, Stephen. Um, this is our second broadcast of 2018, and what a wild year it's been so far, huh? How about it, huh? What a sports nut, huh? Shitholes and dickholes and all kinds of holes. It's crazy. So, there's a couple things going on right now. There's the, the fake news awards tonight. I don't know where it's going to be broadcast or if it's just going to be Trump tweeting randomly his awards. Uh, but also, let's talk about... So, tonight we're going to do the predictions of 2018, what we think is coming down the pike. Steve and I could differ on a bunch of them. We haven't rehearsed anything. It's gonna be we're gonna be flying off the seat of our pants by the seat of our pants. So uh, should be interesting. But let's talk about the shithole remark that the media has been hyperventilating over until the presidential physical. Uh, you know what stupid ass topic do we want to hyperventilate about? Um, I think the shitholes. We need to lead off with that because that to me was just the most overblown ridiculous, maybe not even said, uh, event of 2018 so far. Yep. All right. So you want to walk us through what supposedly happened? So supposedly, uh, in an Oval Office meeting with Democrats surrounding the contacts of DACA, which is the dreamers, you know, the, 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 the folks who were born here in this country uh, to illegal immigrant parents who did not come here, uh, and immigrate here legally. Uh, so the question has been through the Obama administration who granted them a stay to not allow you know the federal government to round up these DACA kids and ship them back to the countries them and their parents came from. Yep. Um, so Obama you know granted a, a federal stay of leave. It ends um, uh, coming up this March. Right. In a couple months, like March 14th. Don't quote me on the date. And so, you know, Democrats have been really pushing this since Democrats, uh, well, you know, what I call them now, liberal fascists. Um, you know, they seemingly care more about uh, illegal immigrants and their kids than they do about citizens of the country. And so they've used this kind of political play. Uh, with the looming deadline of not only DACA, but they've said, if you don't pass this to Trump, essentially, uh, we're not going to uh, pass the budget for for the country, and therefore we may shut down the country. Right. So there's a bunch of stuff tied in. Uh, so that's essentially the setting. So Trump, uh, maybe another thing that what I thought was pretty cool, in one of the DACA meetings where he's you know famously known for getting deals done, he invited the press into not only you know customarily uh, you know presidents invite the press into some of their meetings and they'll they'll do the talking points and do the dog and pony show for the first ten minutes and then the press has to leave, close doors, meeting happens. This time Trump leaves the press and allows them to come in, and we get we as the people through the press get an inside look at a full meeting. And how people negotiate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was that meeting happened. The press reported on it. I think it was literally the following day. There was a follow up meeting with a certain amount of Democrats and Republicans in the Oval Office in a private meeting this time. Uh, no cameras, nothing like that. And allegedly, uh, Donald Trump, in the course of discussing back and forth immigration, kind of what I hear it posed the question. Why are we taking so many immigrants in from shithole countries like Haiti in some of the countries in Africa? Yep, that's the narrative. 
And that's what happened. And so that enraged Dickie Durbin, uh, the Democratic senator from... Oh, God. From where? Who's Arizona? No. no. Connecticut? No. I... Tennis? No. Well, let's, I mean, as, it enraged him. He's one of the, the, the people that was in there that he went out and leaked... Uh, that information, what I just said, essentially word for word, to the media. Right, Illinois, uh, Illinois, Illinois. Um, correct. So, so, and, and here's the thing. So, so, whether or not Trump said it or not, I personally think he said it because that's something Trump would say. But it doesn't offend me. It doesn't bother me. Um, so he leaked that out. Tom Cotton and I think another senator are saying, "No, we didn't hear that at all." And then, yeah, but, a bunch of people say we didn't hear that at all, and so the, that's the story, but the real story was how much the press, namely CNN, MSNBC, completely overreacted, and to this day, yep. it's still in the news cycle. It, it is. Happened, so, this happened last week. Yeah, and, and this is what they do, So, and this is kind of a microcosm for how the media treats Trump. He's exposed them as being frauds, as not being objective, of being biased and partisan hacks, and with the me. And I'm, we're telling you this because we don't have skin in the game. We're not Fox News watchers. Uh, I'm not anymore. Steve never was. I don't have anything in the mainstream news that I give a shit about. Um, so we can give it to you straight that the job of the anti-Trump crowd is to take any issue, good, bad indifferent ugly and have the most hypothetical uh, hypothetical uh unhinged hyperventilating response so take something very simple like the, the the presidential physical something that every year they go they get no one gives a shit i didn't give a shit when obama got his or bush or Clinton. i didn't give a shit it's not important they must be healthy they ran for office unless something ostensibly clear to the world happened like a I don't know, fainting on 9-11 um, and having petite mal seizures on camera. But that person's not president. Um, with Trump, who doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs, never has, uh, drinks a lot of Diet Cokes, who gives a shit, um, chugs gallons of milk, gets four or five hours of sleep. Uh, he's an animal, he's a machine. That doesn't mean he's unhealthy, that doesn't mean he's got a heart disease, it doesn't mean he's obese. And the media is hyperventilating over it. And they're tweeting that, well, you know, he claims he's six foot two, but the doctor report says six three. And if he claims he's 240 pounds and he's that much body mass, that means he's technically obese. And what does that say for our president? And all this other parsing of doctor's reports. This guy examined Bush and, and Obama before him. And no one questioned it. Everything was fine. He's a military general um, who just does these physicals for every president. And no one gave a shit for the last 16 years. And now suddenly they do. Um, and that's just a microcosm. I thought the microcosm for me was the whole presidential physical stuff. Uh, you knew they were going to hyperventilate over the DACA stuff. You saw Cory Booker yesterday in like an epic choke step on a rake he goes off on the uh, dhs uh nominated i forget her name but you know the dhs uh confirmation hearings to get the new dhs 
head in there. And he projects his anger on her. She's like, what the, f what the hell do you want me to say, Corey? You're screaming, you're carry on, you're, you're acting. Uh, you probably sprayed Visine in your eyes beforehand. He said he reacted in a fit of, a, 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 uh, what is it? A fit of teary rage or something like that. So picture a grown-ass man, almost 50, uh, in a big, ra a tear-filled rage with tears in his eyes, screaming, frothing, blowing snot, drooling. Picture a senator doing that because Trump may or may not have said shithole for countries that are actually shitholes. Um, it's very comical to watch. Very comical to watch. Very. Do you think their stamina will keep up over the next seven years, or do you think they'll they'll start to either crap out or change their behavior and be a little bit more even keeled about it? I don't know. I think they're gonna melt down. Yeah, I think they're gonna melt down. I, I, I think that the Democratic Party is in a, is in a lot of trouble. They are in a lot of trouble, and and their their fundraising can just continues to get worse every month. Um, they're even more in the red now. Uh, a news report just came out yesterday that Bernie Sanders' uh, campaign refuses to share voter data with the Democrat Party, which is fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, and so that, what does that mean, and, and how did that come about? So something there was some type of formal request. Is Maybe they're organizing for the next election and this, that, and the other thing, and they're trying to consolidate, bring the party back together. And Bernie Sanders is basically, to his credit, he's like, no, fuck you. I'm not giving you anything. Uh, because the, Demo the, 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 Democrat the Democrat establishment, when Bernie needed voter data in early 2016, they wouldn't share it with him. And when they finally were forced to because he made a stink about it, because it's a party, a party shouldn't be withholding, you know, if, if, it, if it has good behavior, it shouldn't be in the practice of withholding voting data of your own voters, right? If it's liberal, Democrats, whatever, technically shouldn't that be for anybody in the Democrat candidate pool to, to pull from? I don't know. I don't know. But with Bernie, he did not get what he needed. And it wasn't until they kind of, it's, think of it as opening up a garage door temporarily to let someone go in there and get something. That's what happened in early 2016. And uh, I think that's when uh, Mr. Seth Conrad Rich went in there and uh, got the data he needed and the information from the servers he needed uh, to ultimately leak to WikiLeaks. So, so that that's what Bernie's dealing with. He, he's mind you, Bernie's left the party. He was in the party, then he was out of the party. Just like Trump isn't really a Republican, uh, Bernie isn't really a Democrat. But because it's a two-party system, and you can't get electoral votes if you're an independent, um, then you got to kind of co-opt the party. You got to jump in, pretend to be something, get the votes you need. If you win, fine. If you don't win, you leave the party, and that's exactly what Bernie did. Uh, but I, I think this is a cool move on his part. But, again, he, he's a cuck, he's a bitch, he's a pussy, and he pussied out back in 2016. Uh, he got his little payout, got to build a little mansion, and now, uh, you know, kind of regretting the fact that he didn't really, you know, go in with both, both, both boxing gloves on against Hillary. So uh, that's kind of where the Democrats are, more disheveled than ever. Uh, the Republican Party is disheveled. Uh, Jeff Flake today to an empty chamber. Uh, Jeff Flake, the retiring senator out of Arizona, who was going to lose to uh, Kelly Quinn or whatever. I don't know. Kelly 
something or other in uh, Arizona in the primary by 25 points. Um, and he basically said Trump is like Stalin. Uh, and everyone's like, who the fuck are you? You're Jeff Flake. You didn't do a damn thing for 16 years in Congress. We only know you because you don't like Trump and you're retiring because you're going to get your ass kicked. Um, who the hell do you think you are? So Republican Party is in just as much turmoil as the Democrat Party um, and lots of chaos going into 2018. So um, long way of saying, long way of coming from DACA, but you know, basically as a takeaway to DACA, what did all this stuff with Dick Durbin do? Well, Trump basically said, A, you misrepresented our conversation. B, DACA's pretty much dead. Good job, Dick. Instead of talking about the that's policy, right. instead of talking about the horse trading that's going on, and, well, I mean, to me, if you look at it on paper, if this were like a Sports Center blockbuster trade breakdown, it would be Trump gets a wall, Trump gets an end to the lottery, Trump gets an end to chain migration, and then you kind of you do some other stuff along the way in exchange for citizenship or a path to citizenship for the DACA crowd of about 800,000 people. Um, personally, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, the DACA crowd, I don't really give a shit about them. I know it sounds heartless, but you fundamentally broke a law uh, coming here. I don't care if you're a nice person or if you mow people's lawns or if you do uh, babysitting for the neighborhood kids or if you, you know, work at the local homeless shelter, that's great. You still broke the fucking law. Um, so, DACA, I'm kind of like, I can be, I can go in either direction on that. Right? But, but but give me a compelling reason why. Because in the past, the Republicans have tried reform where they secure the borders first and then they give the Democrats what they want for kind of a soft amnesty. And every single time, the Republicans get dicked over and the Democrats get what they want. So now we have Trump here. Um, you know, 32 years after Reagan failed at it, and Reagan regretted this by getting chumped by the Democrats at the time, Trump's basically saying, here's the deal. Those three things that I've asked for, and then we'll give you some type of path to DACA citizenship. But each turn, the Democrats say, no, you can't have a wall. No, you can't have this. we got to chain migration's racist, and the lottery system, that's, you know, stopping that program is racist. And Trump's basically like, okay, I'll, I'll dangle some bait for you and say I might work with you. But in the end, he's not going to do it. He's not like Romney, McCain, Graham, Bush, where they'll cave. For he's not caving. And that's he's not caving. Here's the other thing, too, is that what they're doing, and here's what I brought up before, there's two things going on. Number one is he's looking out for American security. Whether or not you agree with a, height, with like a physical wall because you're a peace and love man, at the end of the day, a physical barrier will and can help real crimes that are being committed by real people coming over the border, and that can lessen it up. So for Americans, it is undeniably a safer thing. So as he's arguing for that, they're arguing for keeping in, as we said, illegal people who are here illegally and breaking laws. Yep. Yep. Think about that. And what they're willing to do is shut down the government which includes military and paying those folks, right? Like, in order to get their way. Right. For illegals. Right. And you guys want to win elections in 2018. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how it works. Um, so let's let's watch it play out. I think in the end... Um, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about that was the first thing. The second thing 
is that, you know, if that's not bad enough, they're threatening to shut down our government. And it's like they don't even understand that Trump is okay with that. Thank you. Because who spends money on big government? Democrats. Oh, so you guys are threatening to shut it down, are you? You think that's a good idea, guys? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. I don't. I think he's looking forward to it, Ross. I think that there's a we talked about. There's a reason why he hasn't appointed filled a lot of those positions in the cabinets. Yeah, it's you, not. It's it's not. It, there's a, there's a reason. You think it's just because he wants the whole thing to shut down? Yes, a hundred. Well, I don't think he wants to shut it down, but I think if you're telling me that he's okay with shutting the government down, which he thinks is bloated, and he's trying to cut anyways, and that's your pawn. No, that hurts you guys, not me. Yep. Because what happens if we shut the government down and everything keeps going? Yeah. Yep. How does that hurt? The big government folks or the small government folks? That hurts the big government folks. Right. <laughs> exactly. That hurts so, the people so that are living in... are the ones threatening to shut it down. What is it, it? What is it that, you know, eight of the ten richest counties in the country are in the D.C. area? That hurts that crowd. Um... And that's that's the that's the part that I think DC the DC Beltway. So when you see the White House press corps, when you see all of the congressmen and all the lobbyists and all the talking heads, they all their their pulse is driven by what's going on in the Beltway, what's going on in Washington DC. The rest of the country is not like that. The rest of the country despises DC. They're outside of D.C. They're in flyover country. They're, they're in, you know, yeah, a lot of them are in cities, but, you know, they, there's this understanding that, like, if, if Washington, D.C. is upset, the rest of the country is upset. Not, not quite, you know, in fact, quite the opposite. I love when Washington, D.C. is on fire. Um, figuratively or literally, I don't care either way. Like, it's funny to me. Like, if there's turmoil, if congressional people are fighting and bickering and they can't get along and there's a shutdown and they're threatening this and that and there's protests. All, I don't care. that the you going to tell me Oklahoma gives a shit about what's going on in D.C. if there's chaos? You know, I, I just, there's this, there's a certain echo chamber mindset um, that, that, that the elite, and this goes for Republicans or Democrats, the ivory tower conservatives, the coastal elite Democrats, the people in Manhattan, the people in Chicago, um, the smuggery, the, the, the we're better than you, we're above you types, they're the ones that get all hot and bothered. Regular people like you and I, Steve, we love it, we think it's funny. So, uh, I, have, I, I, have, I get a total hoot out of that. I get a huge hoot. Big hoot. Um, so, so, yeah, so, other, so that's the DACA thing in a nutshell. Um, you know, some of the other stuff we want to talk about tonight is, uh, oh, do you want to talk about, so, some interesting takes on the whole Hawaii false alarm the other day. Yeah, let's hear it. So, as you may recall, there was a, they say a, the wrong button was pushed. Uh, whether or not it's a button or if it's a grid or a code, you got to, whatever, it doesn't matter. Some malfunction happened. Guess what three people under clandestine watch by Jeff Sessions were in Hawaii the same time that alarm went off. That fake missile went off. Interesting. So what's your theory? So, both 
both Hillary and Bill Clinton were there, and Huma Abedin. Um, so I don't know if there's a connection. Uh, I think it was just a guy that screwed up, um, but that could be the the low info mainstream story that everyone goes with. Uh, I've read other reports that they were kind of try to do an extraction of Hillary, Bill, and Huma, and kind of whisk them away to something some safe place so that they could avoid future prosecution. Uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily the case, but it is very strange that those three uh, were in Hawaii around the same time that this fake missile thing goes off, i.e. plant a distraction so that everyone's head is looking one way and have the Clintons disappear out the back door with Huma, who's the pressure's on her because last week, if you noticed, she got back together with Anthony Weiner. So what changed a guy that's in jail, probably not talking to her a lot, they were estranged, um... You know, what What really happened? Did he really change his ways? Did he have a breakthrough that prompted him to call her from jail? No. Um, I think the no, heat... the noose is tightening. The noose is tightening. The, the reports are heating up that, yes, she class, they're classified. More documents that were classified were, were inappropriately stored on her computer. Uh, the noose is tightening with Uranium One. Uh, the news is tightening with the email investigation being reopened again quietly by Sessions. Um, so what's the big point of getting back together with an estranged spouse? Anthony Weiner cannot be asked to testify against her. So that's why they're back together. Not because they love each other, not because he stopped sending pictures of his dick to people. Um, you know, I feel bad for their son. They have like a three-year-old whose dad is in jail for being a creepy pedophile. And the mom is kind of this, this corrupt uh, flunky of Hillary Clinton. Uh, I kind of feel bad for her. I obviously feel bad for the boy. Uh, but, you know, Toom is in a point where uh, she's caught between a rock and a hard place. Hard place is jail. She's so guilty. That, she is so freaking guilty. So what do you do, Steve? So, so the person that was your mentor and helped your career your whole life uh, gets in trouble, and you're going to either go down with her. We've heard that uh, they, they could be in love, too. They could um, be. They could be. I know Hillary's a lesbian, That's and I don't say that as a good or bad. I just That's just a fact. She's a, she's a lesbian. Um, and allegedly. Allegedly, but she gets about as much uh, vagina as Bill does. Um, just as much as allegedly that uh, Barack Obama is, swings both ways. Yeah, Obama definitely swings both ways as well. Um, so, so yeah, does Huma sing so that she won't have to go to jail so she can be the mother she needs to be? Um, or does she go down in flames with Hillary, leaving her kid in the hands of her genital mutilating mother from the Muslim Brotherhood? Um, like, what do you, what do you do if you're Huma Abedin? I don't think CNN is covering this. Um. No, I don't. I'm going to guess that CNN is still talking about the shithole comment and how racist Donald Trump is. Right, like Don Lemon's... Can you explain? Let's go back to that. Yeah, yeah. And square this, how uh, uh, I look at you, or not even look at you, but I'm talking to you, let's just make it, uh, you know, here between us, and I go, you know, Ross, I was really uh, looking at the town you live in, and the area, and God, what a, what a shithole. Yeah. Right, what a shithole you live in. Yep. And, like, of all the responses that you would make, would one of the first come to mind go, you mother 
fucking racist. I don't think that would ever occur to me. Yeah, weird, huh? Yeah, weird how that works. Weird of all of the responses you can think of, why would that come to mind? Because it goes back to what I said earlier. Take the most hysterical response you can make, and that is how you respond to anything Trump-related. So think of, think of any story. Do a little exercise for yourself. Think of any topic, and, you know, the, the mail truck uh, drops a piece of mail. Think of the most hysterical way you can react to the mailman dropping a piece of your mail. And that is how the left responds to anything Trump-related. Normal people would be like, oh, you, you drop something, get it for you, okay, let's move on. The left would hype on it, and they would keep tweeting about it, and, oh, he dropped a piece of mail, what else is he dropping? Um, you know, a drop, dropped mail is a sign that you could be crazy or careless and blah, blah, blah. They read into things that aren't there, they hyperventilate about things that aren't there, they're unhinged about things that aren't there, and that is a microcosm, this whole physical exam thing, this whole shithole remark. Everything is a microcosm for how they overreact. So let's bring it back to the, the shit. So now, yeah, okay, we got my thing. So, like, well, I was bringing back to what he allegedly did. So in no way you think that him calling uh, Haiti and some African country shitholes is in any way related to him being racist? No. I mean, I live in a, I live in a beautiful part of Bucks County, Pennsylvania, but there are some areas of my town that are freaking ungodly. There's some blight that they just finally took down. It was embarrassing. I was like... When my parents and friends would come through, they'd be like, we love your house and neighborhood, but five minutes away from you, we had to drive through a spot that had blight all over the place. Looked like a shithole. I was like, yeah, you're fucking right. It looks like a shithole. That's why we got to clean this shit up. That was my response to the town I pay taxes to live in. I live in a nice town. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not a racial thing. I live in a town that's like 95% white. Um, it's not a racial thing to people, for people to call parts of it shitholes. Um, and then you look at countries that are low ranking on every single United Nations poverty list. Um, they get their name shithole for a reason because they're shitholes. It's in South America. It's in Africa. Eastern European countries are considered shitholes where they have three teeth. Uh, and there's always goats running around and making noise. Uh, it's not a white thing, black thing, pink thing, brown thing. It's just a shithole thing. And they, they, again, the Cory Booker thing, it just, they, they go over the top. A bumper sticker, it's just a shithole thing. It's a shithole thing. That's it. It's just a shithole thing. It's a shithole thing. And then, you know, you find out that Lindsey Graham called Mexico a hellhole. It is. Uh, you know, a hellhole? No, he didn't. He sure did. A five years ago he did. Uh, Obama called Libya a shit show because he made it a shit show. And it is a shit show. It's also parts of it are shitholes. Um... The weird part, under Gaddafi, it was less of a shithole than it is now. Um, what about Kenya's home? What about, I'm sorry, Obama's home country of Kenya? Uh, his birthplace of Kenya? Um, yeah. Isn't that one of the more advanced or developed countries within Africa? Well, probably because Obama was born there, so yeah. I would say right, so. right. Like his birth kind of elevated everything. Um, with Jesus Christ, just like it elevated Bethlehem from a nothing into a town we still talk about. Correct, correct. Um, so, so yeah, it's really weird. They, they, they again, they take Bethlehem from this backwoods, backwater shithole to the town that's known as the Bible that's Jesus' home. Set his holy ground, my friend. <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's like, think of the most hysterical thing you can wait to respond to something. 
and that's how they do it. Whether there's any basis for it or not, doesn't matter. Um, so that's kind of, and I'm saying this because, you know, our friends on the left who are intelligent people, I want them to understand, you know, I'm always saying, you don't have to agree with me, but just cut back your emotion a little bit. Think rationally. Why are they so emotional, Ross? Why are they so emotional? I don't know. Because they're still coming to grips and coming to terms with a 98% chance that he was going to lose. So it's like a bad beat in poker that is just hard to shake? It's hard to shake. It's a bad beat. It is a bad beat. And they can't shake it, and they just haven't gotten over it. I mean, I've, I've gotten over deaths of family members quicker than they got over Hillary losing. It just gets worse and worse by the day. You think it gets better, and it's like it just gets worse. No, imagine you know. Imagine Steve, if we were still talking about you know the Red Sox losing in the playoffs, or or this the Patriots losing to the Giants. I mean, yeah, I get it. People have that stomach punch feeling. I get it. We all get it. Different amount of time. The Patriots thing lasted a week. The Romney thing lasted for me two weeks. Uh, I recovered quickly from McCain because I was cautiously optimistic that Obama could drive change, even though I didn't vote for him. I had a feeling of where it was going to go, but I was like, I, I told you, you may have laughed at me, but that night or the next day, I was like, Lord, I know the guy I didn't want to win won, but I prayed for his safety and let him do what he can for the country. And I left it at that. You know, I remember I, a great debate topic. talked about this earlier tonight. So I think I've made it pretty clear of how I feel about Brock Hussein. Obama, yep. the Kenyan, yep. the Kenyan imposter, the Kenyan, the Kenyan, yeah, the Kenyan imposter, and knowing, in, in you know, in the background of history, just real quickly, like I voted for him twice, both times. I was a hope and change guy, and I, you know, I've, I think I've made it pretty clear. I feel like I've just did not done nothing besides try to hold him to the campaign promises in which I he got elected in my mind and got my vote the first time around. Yep. Yep. Right? Yeah. And because that's all you can do. You can hold them accountable to what they promise you in the campaign. And we all know 25% of it is just fluff to get people to vote for you. I get it. Um, people are forgetting that Trump said Mexico is going to pay for the wall. He's backed away from the Mexico part. But I'm thinking, just build me my fucking wall. That's all I care about. Right, right exactly. Just stay with, do what you say you're going to do, and we appreciate that. Right. So, with with all of that being said, right, like, of, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to, just adding on, I think he's going to go down as one of the worst presidents of all time. Okay? And that's just my personal opinion. Now, with all that being said, bring me back. And do I vote for McCain Palin? And the answer, Ross, is no. So you still, okay. So, uh, yeah, weird. Yep, and now I think as someone, so this is why I think we're a unique combination, Steve. You voted for Obama twice, I voted for Bush twice. And we were at each other's throats um, for those choices. But looking back now, I was passionate about McCain in 2000 and 2008. More passionate for Romney. And going back, I would do a fuck you vote and vote libertarian or write in somebody going back in time if i knew everything i did now having been red-pilled i wouldn't vote for mccain either i wouldn't vote for romney and i sure as fuck wouldn't vote for bush and that takes 20 years of being burned 
just yeah, being yeah, burned so by a party. Crazy, right? Like weird, weird. In my go, I, weird that I would I would still choose Obama over McCain, knowing what I know about Obama and how much I dislike him and how hurtful he was to the country. So you okay? So if so, you wouldn't go third party. You wouldn't spring third party right in Ron Paul in two thousand eight or something like that. Or nah, would you? Nah, I like, it, listen, I'm a winner. Okay, so in other words, okay, so if if the left with choice of two, I see what you mean. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, your vote doesn't count anyways. At least let me vote for the winning side. Gotcha. I <laughs> see. Um, so I would I would kind of upgrade mine if I was forced to choose for either of those two. I would make myself get diarrhea, and I just wouldn't vote that day. Yeah, but if you had to, ugh, God, I couldn't pull the trigger on either of them. You would vote Obama like me. I know I wouldn't vote Obama. I just I'd stage a false flag where I wouldn't have to vote that day. Interesting. I'd stage my own fault. Interesting. I'd crash a plane into myself so I wouldn't have to. So I wouldn't have to uh, to vote. What is it? Do you have a child that I don't know about? No, it's my cat. She's going fucking bananas. Why? What's happening in Maine right now? Her name is Pearl or Donna? Pearl. I'll show you. I'll, I'll send a picture and we'll post it on the website when we get it up. She'll be like the mascot because she's like, she's parkour pearly. She's crazy. She's the smallest little dainty cat. She was just a litter, the runt of the litter, and we kept her. And uh, now she just dives all around the house, like doing crazy parkour moves that makes us just freaking think we're going to like lose our minds watching her. What is a parkour? You know what parkour is? Parkour is, I think they made it famous in Brazil, where it was all those crazy Brazilians, and now it's spread out all over the world, that just, like, use the urban city as their jungle gym slash, like, workout. It's weird. For cats? You've never seen it it before, where, like, they just run all over the city, and they do flips over concrete things, and they... Oh, like people doing it. Yeah, people. Oh, I thought you meant like cats doing cat tricks. No, no, but I have a I have a cat that does human parkour, but she's a cat. It's crazy. Oh my god in heaven. It's insane. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, so like the people that do tricks on subways. Exactly. And now she's just she's she's trying to get attention from everybody because I think she wants to be famous. So does she, okay, so she's does she's put like a top she's hat like, on. She's telling me she's like, listen, I know you guys have a podcast. I, I I I've been practicing my tricks and I'm ready to bust out. Put me on. Put me on. Is she doing? Ah, Pearl. Is, does she? <laughs> I'm picturing her wearing like the top hat with like a cane and dancing like Mr. Peanut. Um, or doing the the 1980s um spinning on her head. Type thing. She's just crazy. She's a crazy cat. Is she like mangy? No, no, no. Not mangy at all. I picture her looking like an alley cat, like real skinny, malnourished. She's very skinny. She's very small. And she said she's a used cat? What is it? A used cat? What is that? Like you found her just like... Oh, yeah. We rescued her. She's a rescue used cat. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And her name again is Pearl? Pearl. Um... Do you have any other cats? Yeah, we have uh, we have a total of five cats here. On the Do they have human names? No, they're all uh, yeah, actually, um, Pearl, Penny, Pancake, Sasha, and Gandalf. Okay. 
But nothing, no one named like Donna. No, no Donnas and no fucking Mittens and all that weird shit. Donna, Sheila. Paws, Mittens. Todd. Yeah, we're close. Pancake, that's pretty close. Todd, yeah, Todd would be a good one. All right, where were we? Um, do, your kid, do, your kid, do you guys have any animals at your house? No, my wife wants to get a hypoallergenic dog. What does that mean? It means a dog where my daughter can't start sneezing because she's allergic to everything. Oh, that's why you guys don't have animals because your daughter's allergic? Yeah, so if we get you like a... Just throw, you should have just thrown her out like a Spartan when she was born. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you're allergic to animals? You're fucking gone. See you yes. later on. <laughs> They don't allow it. Plus, I don't want to. I don't. I want her to get scholarship money for her gymnastics. So wait a minute. In Bucks County, they allow female genital mutilation, but they don't allow you to throw your kid off the like late. What do they call that? Essentially, a late term abortion, latest term abortion. Yeah, I. I <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like a post life abortion. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's the new liberal trendy thing. You haven't heard of that? Yeah, and that, no, that's serious. That's that's what they. Yeah, that just called. It they actually, just. It would actually be funny if I weren't joking. That like I think I've actually seen that as a thing, and it's like, wait a minute, is that murder? Because that's a baby that's now out of the vagina, and they're like, uh, no, it's an abortion. <laughs> no, um, you guys are crazy. No, when no. the baby was when the baby was coming out of the vagina, my fingers were crossed, so it's not a real baby. Oh, okay. That's how it works. Got it. I got it. Got it. Got it, Tess. That's okay, Tess. I understand now. Um, all right. So where were we? Um, so that's kind of current events right now. Um, one last thing. OIG report. We talked about it. It dropped on Monday. Um, it dropped. It doesn't mean because we haven't heard about it yet. It's not happening. This went to Nunez. It went to the House Intelligence Committee. Um, they are digesting it, and you will start to see some leaks of the content of that, and it's all going to explode. Uh, Wait, the, the content of what? The content of the Office of Inspector General report. So this was something that Michael Horowitz has been investigating for the past year um, about FBI and DOJ issuing a stand-down on any investigation regarding the Clintons. So this is what we had talked about a couple times, um, and the report was going to drop the 15th. It actually technically dropped on Friday, the 12th, um, so it's in the hands of the right people. Now, this QAnon character that I've been following on 8chan um, said that Sarah Carter, who works for Circa, who's a very fantastic and investigative journalist, and John, Sol John Solomon from The Hill, um, they have... Circa. What's that? What is Circa? Circa is a news network. It's a, not a network on TV, but it's a news publication. Uh, they're pretty good, actually. They, they play it down the middle. I uh, never heard it before. You never brought it up. Okay. Well, look, look for Sarah Carter uh, at Circa. She's like the IT investigative reporter right now. Um, but she now has a security detail, as does John Solomon, as does Chuck Grassley, Senator Grassley, who is the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, um, He's gotten his security doubled. So these guys have the information. They're in safe hands. They're getting the information. Uh, watch those three because they're the ones in charge of when this all goes down. Um, so you will start to see them leaking the information over the next couple weeks, if not days. Um, so that's the OIG report. Um, the other piece we were going to talk about is that the first wave of Uranium One-related indictments started to drop Friday. Um, so Michael Lambert, who's been associated with 10X, 
it's it's all it's all one big complicated web. And as we know, you start low, you work your way up to the top. Um, so the first wave of unsealed indictments for anything uranium one related are starting to hit. Um, so like we said, it's going to be a very interesting year. A lot of sealed indictments. They're starting to unseal them, uh, revealing what they're related to. And I suspect a good deal of them are going to be related to Uranium One, related to the FBI DOJ, related to the dossier. Uh, you're going to see people popping up with ankle boots because um, they've got ankle monitors on them because they're under house arrest or something or other. Um, it's on. So um, other than that, that's the current events part of it. But the real important part of tonight's show is predictions for the year. So... I don't know if you had any in mind. Um, well, I want to start with the biggest one, and maybe that's how I like to start, is start with the biggest one and work our way down. Yep. In that my prediction, <clears throat> by the end of the year, Hillary Clinton and maybe Bill and others will be indicted for crimes related to the Clinton Foundation. And it may go even further for Hillary for her running cover for it while uh, in at the Justice Department. Yep. Interesting. And I think that there are actually going to be federal indictments that are going to be brought against her. Yep. Okay. I, I, that's a big one. That's a huge one. And that's what goes along with all this QAnon stuff going on the web right now. Um, again, we repeat, QAnon is the guy that's doing all these drops of information. It's the highest drop of public intelligence, of private intelligence publicly in the history of time. Um, we've never seen a release like this. It's almost like a daily WikiLeaks, um, but with clues of every investigation that's going on. Um, and I do believe, I know Clint, the Clintons are the linchpin. Um, if not in 2018, they will eventually either die out by 2020, um, or they will be arrested. I disagree. I think she's rearing up to gear, gearing up for a run again, unless she's uh, indicted. Yep. Ugh. Because here's, here's the thing. It kind of shows you the, uh, you know, the hubris of these folks. Oh, definitely hubris related. Because I, mean, I, I think, I think uh, we talked about this before. The deal was this. When Trump won, he said, look, I won the election. I know you don't like it. You and I both know, I don't know if he said this to her specifically, but hyper, hypothetically, the thought process and narrative is, I won. You and I both know it's not Russia related. You can cease and desist, and I'll leave you alone. You've been through enough. Remember, he said, she's been through enough. You can go off into the sunset and go paint, go knit, go do whatever it is, go paint pictures like George Bush Jr. did, whatever. If you linger, you're going down. And what did she do? Through her acolytes, through her flunkies, through her back channels, she's kept the noise. Her and Obama have kept the heat coming on Trump. With all the deep state drops we've already remember, gone through. Yeah, remember one, remember one of the things that we heard and one of the potential reasons why, and that was, um, you know, that was because, you know, and, and we saw that, that fire at her house uh, last week, and, it, you know, it, it was coming from uh, the guy on Alex Jones that, you know, potentially this is, you know, she let a lot of people down. Right? Yep. There are a lot of people globally that donated money to her, expecting her to be president and for her to dole out favors. Yep. Don't forget about that. Yep. Right? She was supposed to win. She let it was a, it was a slam dunk. Yep. 
and she lost. Right. And now you have paid all that money and there's no influence. Well, where's my money? Yep. Yep. And when she goes, well, I don't have it. Right? It yep. kind of makes a little more sense going, why would she write this book about all, and then go on a book tour about all of the reasons why she lost? Yep. What's the deep, the, you know, the deep cover behind that, really? Right? Is that like reading between the lines? Is that telling a lot of people globally, like, hey, you know, it's not my fault, and here's why, and I'm going to stay in as much of the public limelight like I need to? Yep. And maybe, and maybe it was you may not get your money back, but I'll bring down Trump. Right, and that's if, if there was a deal to be struck, it would be, and you're begging for your life. I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? Right. Until your goose is absent, that's where it forces Trump's hand, like you, and that's why we're connecting the dots, like you just said. You know, you know, the only way that Trump's going to go after you is you have to go after him because you have to. Right. And now it's just a race against time. Can he put you away? Before they put him away. Yep, you're exactly right. It's a death race. You got Mueller on one side, and anything he's doing, whether he's working for Trump, he's against Trump, whatever. You got that train coming, and on the other side is the Trump indictment train of everything Hillary, and it's a race. And I know, I know Trump's going to win. And then you the Fifth Estate, right? The mainstream media who's pushing the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and he's crazy. Yep. And, you know, there. You know, you can push like. You know, I think that a, the big part of this is the setup calling him a racist and all of that because he's trying to play on, they're trying to play on all these independents uh, and all these people who coming up in these elections are just trying to, you know, get him elected out and get his people, you know, as many of the obstructionists, obstructionists in there as possible so they can defeat his agenda, which is maybe essentially as him not even being president anyways. Right, because they know Mike Pence, and Pence has been a great soldier. He has not shown any sign he's wavering in supporting Trump, but he wants to be president in, in seven years. So um, I think they know if, if Trump can get forced out, you'll get an establishment guy like Pence who'll go right back to doing McCain, Romney, Jeff Flake type stuff. And they know they've got him. It's horrible. Yeah, you know they've got him at that point. He doesn't have the gut instinct. He hasn't been studying politics for 40, 50 years like Trump has. Trump was People think, oh, Trump just threw his name in to build his, his, his brand for The Apprentice next season. No, he's been wanting to do this for 40 years. He's studied. He's embedded himself with these people. He's donated to test and see how these people act and what they do. And he's now exposing them, and he was never supposed to win. So, That's right. you know, they're going to try everything. So they tried the 25th Amendment two weeks ago, but the physical exam said, no, the guy's fine. He's actually... And they fat-shamed him all day today, by the way. They did. They all did. All day today on CNN and MSNBC, they were literally fat-shaming him, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, yep. you guys. Yep, yep. But it's okay when you fat-shame Chris Christie and Donald Trump, right? Exactly. Um... So, so they were fat shaming on that. The whole racist thing, the to Cory Booker blow up, but that kind of, that kind of backfired. Um, yeah. All I could think of, and it just tells you, like, I guess what troll status I've achieved is I'm like watching that because I feel like I've taken a lot of that heat that he was dishing out to her and like other people who are just kind of like, oh, I'm all secondhand embarrassed. Yep. <laughs> and all I could think of <laughs> was when he was done. My immediate response would have just leaned into the mic kind of silent and been like, are you done melting? 
and that's it just totally deadpan and serious and that's the only response and i mean just imagine the response that that would have got it would have just sent him nuclear it would have because the best you know and colleen my wife my wife is very good at this she was in speech and debate she's 10 times smarter than me you've met her before and any time i get explosive or at least used to a lot more and, and start screaming you about do. You about do. about dumb shit um and she'll always keep a nice voice, and she'll be like, you sound like a fucking crazy person right now. You sound like an asshole. And she'll say it in a very calm voice, and it gets under my skin, and it makes me want to scream even louder. But Because she knows she has me at that point, right? Whenever you can show calm when someone else is screaming at you, you've got them. You're the adult in the room, right? right? Uh, which, and by implication, is that I'm never the adult in the room. Um, but it, it's a certain skill set that not everybody has. The ability to stay calm in the face of someone screaming at you and you make them feel stupid by saying in a calm voice, God, you're acting like a little bitch right now. Do you want me to wipe your ass because you're starting to leak? You know, like little no, it's, it's, stuff like that is brilliant. It's troll status a thousand. It's unbelievable. It's troll status a thousand. And not everyone has that skill set. God bless my wife for having it. Um, because it, it makes me mad because I'll, I'll just scream harder and I won't get the response I want, so I'll go even louder. If she said to Cory Booker, are you done melting, sir? Um, I can smell the... How, do, how, how gorgeous would that... I mean, it would have broke the internet. You it know, would have been unbelievable. Or, or something like, Cory, you can't scream like that. Your hookers are not going to... They're going to have... They're going to distance themselves from you. Uh, yeah, some, like you know, just something so so trollery like that to counter his SJW rant, like you know, and that's what I'm looking for. That's why I'd be a perfect politician because I would be able to do that at this point. I'm so trained for it, just so deadpan. And that's the way Trump is, right? Like he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't like he doesn't talk like a politician. He doesn't want to be a politician. Um, he doesn't speak out of both sides of his mouth. You know, the the worst combination is a is a lawyer. That's gone politician, right? They can they can hold contradictory views in their head. Uh, they can talk in circles. They can parse words. They can intellectually pretzel themselves. Normal straight shooting people don't talk like that, right? They're not nuanced. Nuanced, you know, in that community, they think it's cool. In the political community, to give a nuanced response, normal people like us don't give a shit about that. We we just straight talk, straight talk it. Um, so Trump can do that. Trump can do, and yeah, there's a lot of hyperbole and. He'll exaggerate stuff, and the left will go crazy. Oh, we've calculated 10,000 lies that Trump said in just year one. Um, it's like, if you, you want to go down that road, fine. I look at the policy and the output and the, and the byproduct of everything, and that's all I care. I care about the stuff he signs his name on. Uh, and I care about the stock market that's now past 26,000 today. Uh, GDP that's going to be between 3 and 4, not only in 17, but in 18, looking up. That's the stuff that was unheard of. Apple yeah. repatriating $350 billion and uh, saying that they're going to build another corporate campus. That was huge. That broke today. The stock market was up 300 points today because of that. And this is stuff that Obama laughed at him about. He said, you're never going to get them to do that. 20,000 jobs. Boom. How about, speaking of laughing uh, Democrats, how about uh, a couple days ago, Nancy Pelosi laughing at the one to $2,000 extra that, you know, average Americans were going to see calling that breadcrumbs and right. making a joke about it. I mean, wasn't like, that, and that was twice as much as what Obama was promising with his his tax, not his tax well, just deal. Think, well, not even at the amount, just think of how out of touch that is. One to $2,000 for your average 
more than average. Almost everyone in America is like game changing. Probably yep. like not a many Americans have one to two thousand dollars in their savings account right now. Correct, correct. And now you start to get maybe fifty, a hundred bucks a month, something like that, where yeah, you otherwise I mean, and wouldn't. She's, and she's so they're so far out of touch. And this is you know the party of the working people. Like it's just so disgusting that she's laughing at that, calling that essentially chump change. Yep. Well, you know these people. It's like that's like closer to racism than calling a, sh- a country a shithole. Right. Right. And these are her own people. It's not racism. It's classism. It's classism. It's classism. So I guess on that front, do you want to, so economy-wise, so we're saying we know Trump's, you know. Oh, or, the economy's definitely tanking this year. 100%. Oh, you think so? Oh, because I think it's one of the, I, I think this is one of their tools. And, uh, you know, listen, there are two things. Number one, we were on this train anyways where this thing was going to crash, no matter who was president. So that's first and foremost. So, right. Number two, the fact that it is Trump and, you know, add in number one, they're going to gladly, when the time's right, pull the pin. And you can see how they're already doing things like just simply raising interest rates, you know, just small incremental points. But what that means to a lot of people is, is way bigger payments you yep. know that they can't afford now like we'll, we'll look what we just said about not even having a thousand to two thousand in their checking account or savings account right um extra right right um, on top of that like with that extra raise you're going to now not have people taking out as many loans so that's going to slow down the economy just kind of naturally anyways yep um and you know and then Somehow, you know, we have to account for all this quantitative easing that we've done since 2007, which for people that aren't familiar with that was, you know, it's just essentially in different cycles, they printed money out of thin air. They did, to the tune of about $5 trillion. So, so way, they didn't inject it into the quote-unquote the economy, they injected it by giving it to banks who they decided to put it into the... Guess what? The stock market. The stock market. Ooh, Weird how that works. Twenty six thousand and growing, right? And I think I've been on record saying this is the one thing that I think Trump is going to lose bigly on, and I'm not proud and happy when he goes out and touts the economy. I wish he would just let it do it, do its thing, shut his mouth, and take the accomplishments other places because it is going to tank in his presidency if he sticks around. So I would say, so that's a good question. Uh, we know, and we've been consistent about saying the Dow is in a bubble. We're not. Like, I, if I was consistent in saying, yeah, okay, $5 trillion of QE and zero interest rates for 10 years, no shit Obama got a Dow that almost approached 20000 Um, You know, but credit where credit's due. Our 401ks are better because of it. Fine. With Trump, the distinction, and I'm not one of those, oh, the difference is, and it's different with Trump. The distinction that I noticed was that They've lifted rates about three times since he came in. They gave, Obama got one token symbolic gesture raise at the end of 2015, which wasn't enough to really knock anything out of the park. wasn't enough to change anything. They started winding down QE. So basically there were two steroids that Obama had working for him, and he still couldn't get a 3% GDP. Come in, to, uh, bring oh, it. He also, yeah, I mean, listen. So on top of that, let's just put the, let's just add another thing on top of that. On top of what you just said, and all the quantitative easing that was done in his administration, which propped up the stock market, we also have another ten trillion dollars in debt that he created. Yep, correct. Right. So he spent us into another ten trillion on top of the kick it down the road fucking bubble that he created. So, right. I mean, it's kind of a double fuck you. It's a double fuck he, you. 
and well, and, and then he did things like put the thing like you know like the, the healthcare thing like that's a landmine that's waiting to explode. Yep, that's and that's its own bubble. And that's its own bubble that's popping as we speak because remember we're trying to in 2018 maybe second half of the year we'll get they're not going to touch it before the midterms they're going to let it kill or you know kill let it hurt the rates are ridiculous yeah you know and you know add on top of that you know is my thing the real estate thing which you know anybody who pays attention owns their own home looking to get into a home rates have not only got back to where it was in 2006 2000 beginning of 2007 but they've surpassed it Uh, yeah so that's stuff so but the thing is that was that was a headwind is headwind when it's coming towards you or going away from you I don't know, but 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 Obama had the the blessing of the steroid economy with QE five trillion, uh, with zero percent interest rates. No wonder people are investing in the stock market. Enter Trump; they've increased rates three times. There's no QE anymore. He's basically, you know, it, the the economy was like Wiley e. Coyote running over a cliff. You know, well, he no, doesn't. Listen, listen, yeah, one's fake and one's real, right? The fake thing is, let's take a bunch of fake fiat dollars that we're printing with nothing backing it and let's inject it into this marketplace and then let these people make all this money on paper right which is fake that's we fake saw that in the crash of 2007 and where people's houses were worth 300,000 and the next day it was worth 150,000 correct and that's a shame Half on value wiped out like that right so one was a complete everything bubble blown up by complete fake dollars the other one in a short 12 plus month time was with Trump is actual commitments for infrastructure build. I'm building a plant that's going to manufacture something and create something that can be sold into this marketplace as well as sold overseas marketplaces. Yeah. Right? So and this it's is so different. It's one is actually real, the other one is fake. So I'm actually as we're talking now, I'm thinking back, looking historically, financially, economically if you look back to the boom and bust cycles, the boom and bust that led us into 2007-8 was based on pretend, right? The boom that brought us in the late 90s under Bill Clinton where we had budget surpluses was based on internet version 1.0, right? You had the internet service launching companies that became dot-com superstars and then dot-com busts. Again, no need for manufacturing um, people just got hot at the right time. Same with 0708. Trump is the first one to bring organic growth back to the economy. Correct. And that's why I think it's a big deal. Bigger than, I mean, Bush didn't do much. He was creating, what, net for net 10,000 jobs a month. Obama's jobs were lower wage jobs. Um, you can, you know, with Trump, and it's still playing out, but with Trump, to your point, Steve, it's commitments to build infrastructure. It's commitments to bring back jobs and manufacturing jobs. Jobs yeah, that have... Tax s- revenue, right? We talked about this, right? He is a, He's still like the thing, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is we owe $20 trillion with no one talking about it. Right. We're insolvent at $24 trillion. How do you fix that problem? Trump is a business guy. He looks at it from a business perspective, and he understands how it works, and he goes... You want to fix that problem? You cut spending. You bring in people like Betsy DeVos. We shouldn't even have a Department of Education. What the fuck is that? <laughs> right? Somehow we figured it out and we became the greatest nation on the planet without the Department of Education. Yeah, and all of a sure. sudden we have now the Department of Education and everyone's dumber. Yep. 
Go figure. Go what figure. What is that all about, right? So it's not too hard to understand if you're looking at the picture correctly or clearly. You cut spending and bloated infrastructure and bloated government uh, departments and things like that. And you get a broader tax base, which is putting people back to work. The more taxpayers you have, the more they're paying taxes. Yep. Wow. It's right. Like, come on, man. I didn't have to go to I didn't have to go to the London School of Economics to understand that concept. Correct. Correct. You and know? but but quite frankly, ninety eight percent of Americans don't grasp what you just said. No, but that's his plan. It's, it's that simple. It's that simple. Okay, if you look at it from that lens, every decision that he's doing makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yep, that's why they call him the blue class, the blue collar billionaire, because he's speaking. At, you don't have to have the Ivory League, Ivory, Ivory, Ivy, Ivy League education. <laughs> I can talk tonight, um, but and, and so so he's it's 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 an organic economy as opposed to the last twenty five years, which wasn't really organic. It was vapor. It was imaginary. It was uh, it was fiat. It was a fiat economy the last twenty five years. Um, so play that forward, you know, Trump, to your point, Steve, you said Trump shouldn't be bragging about the Dow. I agree the Dow is a bubble. Um, but I would take victory laps on GDP because that wasn't. Yes, absolutely, yes. The, like measurable things in, in, in all of the, the new contracts, the commitments, the, the groundbreakings, right? Like, yeah, all that stuff. That's fantastic. That's real measurable, you know, impactful things. Right. The other one is just an absolute landmine that, I mean, look how ridiculous the mainstream media is about things that he may not or may not have said. So now think about that and how ridiculous their response is to stuff. And now think about the red meat that he's throwing to them because we know the economy is going to tank and it's going to tank hard. Right. 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 And so what's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to uncover every single time. And I can see the montage already in my head of all of the videos. Ah, oh, fucking Trump fucking in his tweets. And now everybody's just what a horrible guy. And see what I mean? What a, he's not even a businessman. It's just like he's tanking all of his things. It's, he's going to tank our country. Right. Ah! Right. And people are going to believe him. Of course. Because they don't think. They don't think. Well, no, it's not. They don't. Okay, but no, he didn't make it. He made it easy for him. He did. That's, he did. But the thing is, the idea is, you're well, they're, you're not going to get. They're not going to let you get much blatant victories. Like the stock market's something you can see on a daily basis going up. You can't right. spin he that. Be explaining this to people. One of the reasons why Vladimir Putin is such a good leader is when uh, Barry Hussein Obama took over office. He declared a silent war on Russia, and he understood that Russia's economy is predicated on oil and natural gas and getting and exporting that to Europe and in, in, in parts of China and, and, and all over that Middle East into those areas. So, <clears throat> so what does he do? He absolutely artificially brings down the price of oil. Yep. Right, and he brings it down to you know. Remember how we were paying with Bush, and then all of a sudden Obama comes in, and we're back at two fifty a gallon and less. Yep. Right, which puts the cost of oil down to thirty dollars a barrel. And you know what Vladimir Putin does? You would never see this on CNN. Vladimir Putin gets on to the uh, state radio in Russia, and he explains to his people what is happening. Yep. We are being sanctioned. This is why we're being sanctioned. Things are going to get hard. I'm telling you right now, things are going to get hard. We are a tough people. We have always been. You're going to dig down. You are going to get through this. 
we are going to get through this together. Yep. I do remember Donald that. Trump, I do remember he, that. He, Donald Trump has an opportunity to be a, a great leader from that aspect, right? And he just passes. I think that's part of his ego is that he just is almost too giddy. He, you know, he has to take advantage. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, listen, that's that's part of people's downfall, man, throughout history. Yep. You know, great men, greater men than Donald Trump, as much as I think he's a great man throughout history, have fallen because of their ego. Yep. Yep. The pride before the fall. That's right. And, you know, and, and, and you love him for it, but, you know, and I'm not asking him to change in anything, but I'm also being realistic at what I ask everyone else to be in most times. Is that's that's the reality. Right. Right. So let's just hope that he can, he slash we, with the movement, can get enough done uh, before they absolutely take him out one way or another, or he takes himself out, you know, with a, with his own shit, with yep. their help. Yep. Got it. That makes sense. So that's kind of the, I mean, to get us back on track, that's the economy. I think it'll rise throughout the rest of the year, and then we'll see some slow cooling in 19. But his organic approach has been untouched for 30 years so that could that could be a delaying of execution for five years. Who knows? That's right. So staying on the economy, uh, and switching over to this gear because we frequent this topic. How about how's your crypto, bro? Um. So how's I, your crypto portfolio, bro? I don't have any crypto yet, but bonus day is in two months, and I think I'll be getting some crypto then. Oh Jesus Christ! Shut up! I hope you're joking. I'm gonna only get like a hundred dollars worth. Of Ripple. Oh, God, that's $100 too much. You might as well just, why don't you send it to me and I'll burn it on uh, Facebook yeah. Live. Yeah. <laughs> send it to me, I'll wipe my ass with it and flush it down the toilet. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to, so Ripple is the cheap Bitcoin right now. Um, so get in at a level where it's just, it's like going gambling with $40. $4 and it's come crashing down and it's at, what's it trading at now? 90 cents? What is? Ripple. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, is it ten thousand? Uh, weeks ago, almost broke twenty dollars. It broke twenty thousand dollars. It was trading at nine thousand dollars today. Was it really over a fifty, over a fifty, almost sixty percent decline in value in three weeks? Right, right. How about that, Winklevoss brothers? Yep. Those those right. fucking brothers. Those guys piss me off. Yeah, Ripple, Ripple uh, broke through uh, two weeks ago. It was the big story last week. The founder in the company was as big as the Koch brothers and as big as Bill Gates. And it's now down to 90 cents. <laughs> it was, you know, earlier, earlier in the week. Oh, well. Um, so, so, yeah, crypto is going to be volatile like it always is. So I'm not even going to wager a guess. I know where you stand on it. I think... Uh, China is reinstituting their idea of banning crypto. Um, I think to that your happened. Uh, South Korea, uh, which it's been in how it's grown uh, a lot, has completely been almost outright banned it out in, from the country entirely. Right. Um, uh, announcing more regulation today. And in uh, further news, Lloyd, uh, Visa decided that they are, are not uh, going to ever get, get anything to do with Bitcoin or any kind of crypto. And uh, Capital One said that they will never allow cryptocurrency be, to be traded through your uh, investment account. So they're already putting parameters on where we can go. <laughs> Dude, oh my God, it's a glorified Beanie Baby. Oh. Why don't you go buy $100 worth of Beanie Babies and try to sell them on eBay? <laughs> Unbelievable. So that that's crypto. Um, so stay tuned on that. But I guess you, you mentioned South Korea. Where do you see North Korea going this year? I honestly think Trump will hit them 
by June. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Um, prediction on North Korea, I think that obviously it's the Kumbaya uh, Olympics that's happening. I look at this as the last-ditch attempt um, at the opportunity for North Korea to give up their nuclear arms. And if they don't, uh, Donald Trump's going to look at this as just another uh, you know, ploy by Kim Jong-un, who's a master chess salesman or master chess player with all of these cut leaders across the, across the globe. Yeah. And we all know as the old guy from uh, uh, In Living Color would say, homie, don't play that. Homie, don't so, play that, uh, right. You know, if they are going to use this as a dog and pony show to get out and not give up their uh, their weapons, I think that you're correct. I think by summertime that North Korea is going to be taken out. Yep. So that And that's kind of what the, that anonymous insider from the uh, InfoWars was saying, is that North Korea is next. Um, again, that, that SpaceX... That SpaceX was supposed to be an EMP, so and that was a botched deal, or maybe it was it was put into the sky and it was that was the cover. Um, I think they'll do some type of tactical strike on North Korea this year, um, and it'll be after the Olympics, so May, April, May, June, late second quarter is when they're going to likely do it. Um, so that's the North Korea front. Um, what else is there? So let's talk about. Okay, so th so this week we t we saw that Twitter is in trouble because of the Project Veritas video. They have access to your Project Veritas. What's that? Who is Project Veritas? That is James O'Keefe's group that does all the undercover reporting. Um, Famously, they've done CNN and Van Jones calling uh, the Russia um, collusion with Trump and nothing burger. Yep, exactly, and they've been they were the ones that caught the pa Planned Parenthood folks uh, trafficking body parts of aborted fetuses. Because uh, they're sick fucks, um, so that was that was happening. So these guys this week got uh, some tech senior tech officials or whatever on tape saying, "Yeah, we know we know all about your public and private DMs. Um, we have access to everything. We know every conversation you've had, and we sell that data to advertisers." And it, and it's like. And what he did was he was very smart about it. He got a bunch of different people in similar roles saying the same thing, um, which means you can't just say it was a rogue employee because they're, a they're high ranking. P it's not like this Papadopoulos guy who's a you know this bro, this Greek bro who's like this junior you know press person comes in bragging about what he can do about Russia. These people are senior IT people at Twitter. Um, and they're bragging about what they can do and all those affairs you're having, they can see, blah, blah, blah. And that, you know, he's laughing about it. And, and they're like, holy shit, this is a big deal. And then they, some other guy said, we're not as creepy as Facebook and Google, but we'd still do some big brother stuff. <laughs> what the hell are Facebook and Google doing then? I know. And that implies that he's talked to people from Facebook and Google. So what are they, what are they hiding? Hopefully he's going to come out with something and we'll be able to watch it. Yeah, we'll see. I hope so. So um, I think Jack Dorsey, the Twitter CEO, will resign by mid-year. Um, the pressure on this kind of Big Brother Silicon Valley stuff is going to be too much for him. And I think he'll, he'll, he'll go. Uh, mind you, this is on the heels of Eric Schmidt leaving last month from, from Google. And if you think it's a, in a, if you think it's a coincidence... 
that all of these CEOs in Silicon Valley that hate Trump um, are stepping down. It's not a coincidence. Like, they are compromised. Um, Eric Schmidt is compromised. He has a weird sex life um, that's going to come out, I think, sometime this year about child trafficking, pornography, child pornography, reasons why he had to suddenly step down. Um, and that dovetail. There's been a long list of CEOs that have stepped down. Have you seen that list? I have. It's a big, big ass list across the board. You know, just in the last three or four months. Yep. Yep. A major, major international companies. It's kind of fascinating. It is, and it's just very strange why it's happening all of a sudden. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, as we're talking now, the fake news awards are out. Uh, so, so Trump's already put that out. Uh, yeah, so when we're done, it's all it's on a GOP website. So it's not a ceremony; it's just a summary with rankings and whatnot. Um, um, so let's um, let's wrap this up and let's uh, get back. Um, let's get back like literally tomorrow and recap the big news awards. This is too good. Okay, let's try that then. So let's get part one out. And then we'll we'll recap tomorrow. I love it. All right. I'll release this now. Okay. All right. Go read up on those those awards. I'm going to right now. All right. See ya. Bye bye. Bye.